Welcome to the most unspoken and unbiased podcast around. Welcome to the Bulls Guys Podcast. And here are the Bulls Guys. I'm your host, K-Dub, Kenyatta Wright. And here is my co-host, Mr. Greg Love. Got a show today, Greg. Full season didn't restart, but we're going to go into some stuff with Levine's contract. Um, he was on the heavy.com. The heavy.com quoted him saying some some very um, disturbing news, depending on how you look at it as a Bulls fan. Uh, we're going to get into all of that right after this. You're listening to the Bulls Guys podcast, where we talk about your Chicago Bulls and give an unbiased take. Thank you for listening and like and subscribe. All right, back on the Bulls Guys podcast. So, Greg, Zach Levine was interviewed by the Heavy, and um, there were some comments that he made towards the Bulls as regarding his contract situation. Now, we all know Zach Levine is due to be a free agent after the season, and he's due a max contract. And if he becomes all NBA, he's due extra amount of money on top of that max contract. And with the Bulls building the team the way that they have in the past year or so, many are, you know, worried if this team will be able to retain Levine. Now, I know they're going to be able to retain him. They wouldn't have brought these guys in if they couldn't retain them. But Levine, going back to the Garpax era, seems to be a little bit disturbed. And my my brother Greg is going to fill you guys in on that backstory. Yeah, so going back 2018, Zach was eligible for an extension. Garpax was playing around, basically. Uh, he signed an offer sheet with the Kings. The Bulls decided to match it, so it was a four-year, $78 million extension that the Bulls matched. And now his free agency is coming up now, and, you know, I think he he just basically said that he really just wants to be respected. He, he is willing to kind of take a pay cut, but at the same time, he's not, you know, he's not going to sign for the veterans minimum just to try to make it. Uh, so the numbers we're looking at, if he chooses to try to sign with another team, he could get around $163 million over four years. Uh, this is from CBS uh, reporting on this. He's eligible right now, like today, for a five-year $210 million contract from the Bulls. But if he earns all NBA honors, he could get the Supermax contract, which would be about $245 million over four years. Um, so either way, it's a lot of money. Looking at their salary cap next year, he has a $29 million cap hold, uh, depending on what the Bulls do. So basically, the way that works, it's not technically on the books, but if you look at it, it's held there. If the Bulls resign him, okay, it's added into their figure. If they do not, it's basically taking off, taken off as they're not paying his salary. Um, so that's kind of how that works going forward. Uh, 
I think when he when he hired Rich Paul and 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 Clutch Sports, I think he made a mistake, man. Um, I just feel like Clutch Sports has a has a conflict of interest going on on their side, where we seen what happened this summer, Greg. We know that the Lakers were after Demar Derozan and chose to go with Russell Westbrook instead, and got the bad end of the stick with that. We know that they offered Alex Caruso a contract lower than the amount that he wanted, and he left. We know that they wanted to resign Lonzo Ball, and the Bulls got there first. So between the Lakers and LeBron James and the Bulls, there's a little disgruntled nature there. You can, you can, by nature, you can tell that. I'm, I'm not, I'm not so sure. With, I mean, with the Lonzo Ball thing, because Lonzo's a Rich Paul client, right? Like, and he ended up signing with the Bulls anyway. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I think so my my thing with Rich Paul is, yeah, I do think there, you know, he does want to help LeBron out. I will totally give you that. But my thing with Rich Paul is, like, I will say this about him. He gets his players his money, um, and he's gotten some albatross of contracts, like, for one, the John Wall contract. Mm-hmm. John Wall is actually his highest paid client, somebody who is not playing at all. Mm-hmm. He is slated to million this year, forty-seven million next year, and that's a player option, mm-hmm. right? And then it's LeBron, and then it's Anthony Davis, Ben Simmons, who we saw how that went down, mm-hmm. Draymond, Zach, then Lonzo. So if if we're looking at it, like Rich Paul is really going to be the X factor of this. I feel like what he's going to try to do is demand a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I know you know Zach has played well. He's outperformed the contract that he signed. I'm not. I'm not even arguing that fact, right? But in going forward, like I think the number that both sides find respectable and agreeable, that's going to be the issue because is what Zach thinks and what Rich Paul thinks and what AK thinks are those three different numbers we're talking about. So you know, if Rich Paul is trying to you know get that supermax for Zach, which again, don't blame him for wanting the supermax, but if that's the case, that is really going to handicap the Bulls' flexibility uh, right. in trying to let's you know who knows what's going to happen the rest of the season, but let's say either help build on a championship contending team or keep a championship contending or you know a championship team, right? So. Yeah. Really, the, like, really, the number is what's most important. So, what Zach deems as respectable, as well as what also offers flexibility. Now, what I was thinking was maybe they work it out similar to what uh, LeBron D. Wade and Chris Bosh did when they all teamed up in Miami, to where technically none of them got the supermax deals. They all took a little bit of a pay cut to sign some other players. But it was still, you know, you still know they're the best players on the team. So maybe a contract like that is something that Zach would agree to. But we'll have to see going forward. Well, it bothered me about what he said in the heavy.com. Some of the quotes that, you know, he was quoted as and stating, you know, saying that, yo, he knows his news management. But, you know, at the same time, he's going to let his his, his, his manager um, handle it. He didn't express any, any remorse about how he feels about the team that basically been built around him in the past couple years and i understand what he went through with guard packs but he got to look at the same time like he just said it's a new management but i wanted him to kind of elaborate on that the bulls have really built and tried to put a winning team here for zach 
And just because you're not getting extra amount of money in your pocket at this time, that doesn't mean that this organization hasn't looked out for you and got you some help. And help costs money. And this is the same situation we went through with, with Jimmy Butler when he was here, Greg. He wanted his money and he wanted a squad around him. But these players don't really understand how difficult that is. I'm not saying that you have to take a huge amount of money off, but you have to at least take into consideration, Greg, that a team can't pay you max and then sign everybody in the league to help you out. And the Bulls spent a lot of money on this help that we have surrounded um, Zach Levine. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get that. But I guess to play a little bit of devil's advocate for you, I think from the player's perspective, I, I completely understand, right? Like not everybody can have that max deal. And like you said, to put a contending team, you have to be, you know, have players that are willing to take the veterans minimum if you want to do that. But at the same time, and, you know, really across sports in general, you can go to a team where a league league where a team can decide to cut you if they really want to. Right? Like, like they, like, they can do that, right? Like, and if they deem you a cancer or whatever if they say you're difficult whatever right like they can they can do things to sabotage the amount of money you make right like and it's not it's not so much just the nba right like you get you know take Kyrie Irving for example right like you get Stephen A. Smith pretty much every day talking about how he would not sign Kyrie to a long-term contract basically every day he's saying this and you know, as, as locked in as he claims to be, right? Like, you have to believe that there's executives who will sit back and be like, you know what? He might have a point, right? So, like, there are other factors that can sabotage the amount of money you make. So, if we're looking at that, okay, I do want to maximize my time in the league, especially with your prime, you know, being pretty much the, the length of that contract, right? Because he was injured at first, so... He wasn't going to get the huge deal that he probably would have gotten if he weren't injured. And now, you know, this is his chance. This is probably going to be the biggest contract that he's going to get. Right? Like, after this, is going to be significantly smaller. Um, so, I completely understand that he wants his money. But, like I said, I understand from the team perspective, too, in trying to win a championship or build a championship team, right? Like, you have to have some type of financial... And you can't you can't pay everyone, but I'm sure the way Zach looks at it, which is understandable, you gotta play you gotta pay your best player, right? Like that, right, yep. trainer, right? Like, and I, we've talked about on this podcast that Zach is the best player on the team. I know what Demar is doing, right? Like he's in the MVP conversation, but mm-hmm. Zach is the best player, so yep. you gotta pay your. So that's that's kind of the conundrum, but it, you know, it's, even in the article, I would say this. We haven't, you know, this was kind of going on before the season started, but we haven't heard anything as far as Zach being disgruntled, you know, Zach worrying about his contract. Like, there hasn't been talk about that. And is He's been a total professional. Yeah. But, I mean, as much as as everything leaks out, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the days, you know, now that we're in the social media age and everything, like, everything leaks out. And if Zach weren't happy or if he was worried about it, I'm sure it would have been a story at some point. I, like, so the fact that there's nothing kind of gives me hope that they have an understanding. Whether it is the Bulls saying, well, hey, 
I know you want to test free agency. We'll let you test it. Go see, you know, what whatever they're going to offer you, and then we'll come back with an offer. Or if they're just like, look, this is, the, you know, this is the number we're going to give you, or we're going to give you supermax, or whatever they, you know, whatever they have. But it's to me, I would guess that there's some type of idea or agreement they have in place about how it's going to work going forward so that so therefore you know zach's not saying anything or nothing's coming out of this camp right because you know if rich paul was working behind the scenes it would have come out like oh you know there's rumors there's zach trying to get to la or zach going to la and then that would have come up but there's mm-hmm. nothing so that's what kind of gives me hope well, this quote, like he, the one thing that bothered me the most, and we're going to move on to the next segment, Greg, we don't have too much time tonight, but on a heavy.com, the quote that really bothered me is when he, when Zach stated, I remember everything. I remember everything. And at the same time, I'm going to let my agent handle it, but I remember every single thing. And, you know, the bulls, yeah, the other bulls and, you know, but I, I remember, and he just kept saying that. And I'm like, what did he mean by he remembers everything? What are you talking about? So it's like, to me, that quote told me that he there is some kind of lingering issue he has with this franchise. And maybe it's not an issue, like you said. Maybe he just wants them to prove to him that he's valued. But to me, he has been valued. Um, I've seen video of AK walking up to him and congratulating him for making his first All-Star team. And I think he brought, up, brought him a photo of him making the All-Star team his first year. And the whole team just gathered around him and the whole team respects him. And, you know, when you hear the Bulls talk, they always say Zach's in their future. They're building this team around Zach. So I felt like the new management has has done their job in making him feel like he's valued, Greg. And I just don't understand why he's, he's like that. And even if it's from the old management, in his head, he has to know that, okay, this is new guys. They treated me different. They brought me some help in here. And he showed some gratitude that, you know, we brought help in here for him. He showed that he's happy about us doing that. And yeah, we brought help in here for you, dude, so we can win. And I just hope he doesn't, you know, not take, not come to our team, but not, not sign, resign with us because we missed $20 million and we gave him 180 instead of 200. I don't want him to be that petty. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that would be like, honestly, an issue because to me, I don't really feel like there's going to be so much of a hard line and a stand. Yeah, money money isn't everything, Greg. Even if he gets the money that he wants, you will want to go to the Kings and leave Chicago and leave well, the I'm team just, that you... Huh? Go ahead. I'm just, I don't think that like AK is going to have this hard line and a stand and saying like, oh, well, we're not, you know, we're not going to match that number, right? Like, I think AK will be pretty transparent and just say like, look, these are the moves we got to make. This is the number that we're thinking, right? Like, and kind of give them the scenario, like, okay, if we give you this, this, you know, these are the sacrifices we're going to have to make to the team and things like that, right? Like, to really see, like like you said, is it about the money or is it about, you know, trying to pursue a championship? But I, I feel like, I, I feel like him saying, I remember everything is just him trying to, I guess, send a little subliminal message to a and you know the owner and the rest you know the rest of management just saying like hey i remember how this last team like i know like it's all good like you said they congratulate them for making the all-star team 
and all of that stuff, right? But even in that case, or even bringing in help, right? Like, that's still not his money, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's cool because he was still on that contract, so everything's cool. But, like, now this is his money. So, it, you know, it kind of becomes more business. I mean, you know how it goes. Like, you mm-hmm. got to be a little bit more cold when it comes to business, regardless of the relationship, you know? Right. So, I think that that's kind of what it is. Like, hey, like, I remember how this last, you know, management team did me. I didn't forget about that. Like, don't don't you feel like, you know, you can try to pull, you know, pull a fast one over me. Like, I know what that's like. So I know what the warning signs are. So especially being an unrestricted free agent, right, like that, he has a lot more options than he did prior. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's really what it is. Just kind of saying like, hey, you know, basically being, you know, being fair, being transparent, or at least that's how I'm reading to it. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, the Bulls get back on the court tomorrow against the Atlanta Hawks. Is that correct, Greg? Yes. Against the Atlanta Hawks. And we're going to go through not only the game that they start tomorrow, but we're going to go over the team's schedule, how do we think the team is going to do for the second half of the season, and we're going to give our last predictions and our opinions on their latest signing in Tristan Thompson, all of that and more. Don't go anywhere, folks. You want the most uncensored and unbiased podcast? The Bulls Guys Podcast. As only Kenyatta Wright and Greg Love can bring it to you. Follow us on Anchor, YouTube, and all social media platforms. You can use your support. You're listening to the Bulls Guys Podcast, where we talk about your Chicago Bulls and give an unbiased take. Thank you for listening and like and subscribe. How do you feel about the Bulls? How would you like to be on our show, the Bulls Guys Podcast, and give your thoughts on the team? Send us your emails at talkingbulls82 at gmail.com and we'll be glad to have you on. All right, back on the Bulls Guys podcast. So, Greg, in the first half of the season, the Bulls were phenomenal. I think dealing with all of they everything that they dealt with in the first half of the season, we already spoke about this, um, the injuries, COVID protocol, everything that the team has dealt with. For us to be tied for the best record in the Eastern Conference at 38-21, I just think it's amazing. We finished the first half really, really strong, convincing win over the Sacramento Kings. And the Bulls, stat-wise, had, had did really, really well. Uh, 42% as field goals made, 87% from the field as a team, or uh, field goals attempts as a team, 48% as a team from the field. Three points made, 11 threes per game made. They got to do better, Greg, on that. 28% from three. 37% from three. I'm sorry, Greg. And 28% field goals made. Um, For the most part, the three-point shooting, Greg, I think is, is really, really good. Um, The field goal percentage, I feel, is, is solid at 48%, nearly 50%. As a team, I felt like we shot a little bit too much threes in the first half of the season. 
And I felt like towards the end, like in the last 10 games, we started to, you know, get go to the to the hole more and tr- draw fouls and getting Vooch involved, getting him his touches in the paint and getting him going. I felt like Vooch really defined himself. And I felt like pairing him with AO really sparked his game. And then, you know, then we got, now we're going to have uh, Lonzo Ball and Alice Caruso, who both are reported to be back sometime in March, in the middle of March, towards the end of March. Um, now you bring in Tristan Thompson, a guy to help out Vooch. Vooch has been playing solid defense as well. Hasn't been doing too bad at defense. He's even been started blocking shots now. So I, I like where this team is at, Greg. I really do like where they're at in the first half. What do you think? Yeah, I, I say that definitely given all the injuries and COVID and everything, they definitely overachieved to be as technically second place, but tied with the best record in the East. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do, I, I agree with you towards the end of the season when they started posting Vooch more. I think you started to see a lot of the offense starting to flow better. And on top of that, you saw like DeMar's numbers started going up, right? Like had that stretch of six games where he was shooting over 50%, which is an NBA record, mm-hmm. right? And that I think Vooch also contributed to that as Vooch was getting down in the post and forcing teams to have to respect him. So I, I think that definitely contributed to it. Io's been playing great. He definitely deserved to be a part of that All-Star weekend. Uh, you know, so is Zach and DeMar. Um, and, you know, going forward, like you said, we're going to get Caruso back. We're going to get Lonzo back. Pat Williams is probably going to be coming back as well. Um, so the second half of the season, especially going into the playoffs, will really be at full strength. So we'll really get a very good look at what this team is going to look like as a playoff team and going forward for the next couple of years too, being at full strength and how formidable they're going to be. When you talk about effort on the defensive end, um, I think that matters more than overall, what kind of defender you are. And Tristan Thompson, man, when we used to play against him, when he, when he played in Cleveland with, alongside LeBron James, uh, Greg, this guy, I, I could never forget his effort. And he always seemed like he just played angry, like how Kendrick Perkins played, how how Kevin Garnett played. That's how Tristan Thompson kind of kind of plays. And I think having him on the box with Vooch is going to be very very important. Um, I just think like you know Vooch when you have when you're going to put all the pressure on Vooch to guard everybody that that comes to the basket. I think Vooch is a horrible defender when you try. And I think anybody would be a horrible defender, Greg, when you put all the defensive responsibilities on one guy. But pairing Tristan Thompson with Vooch, do you think that will better our inside game? I think it will because Vooch has shown that he's improved defensively. He's blocking shots. For the first time, like, beginning of the season, I didn't see him block any shots. Now he's blocking shots left and right. Now you put a, a, a younger Tristan Thompson next to him at 30 years old that's, you know, still plays younger than even 30 that has a lot of energy, that plays with brute force, that plays with anger. I, I like it. I like it, Greg. And then you bring in Derrick Jones Jr., who recently returned, recently returned not too long ago. I think I think our front court is going to be very much improved defensively. Yeah, I, I think with Tristan Thompson, and, you know, you, you put it a lot nicer about how he was in Cleveland. Uh, to me, 
he was just annoying. Uh, <laughs> the reason the reason why was he just had a nose for the ball, man. Like you get you get down there and you look like, oh, okay, that's gonna be an easy rebound, and then here he comes. Even if he doesn't rebound it, he's tipping it out and doing something. It was just mm-hmm. annoying just to watch mm-hmm. his effect. Like not not rooting for Cleveland, right? Like it was just annoying. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, bringing that to the Bulls, pairing mm-hmm. that with Vooch, I think you know it it'll really help defensively. It'll take some of that pressure off of Vooch because, like you said, having all of that on one guy is who basically you have to be the rim protector, especially with that not being your game, right? Like it, it's difficult to do. Now you have somebody who, at the very least, is going to help you with that, right? So instead of taking the whole lane, okay, we can split it in half. Right, mm-hmm. like it's a much easier task to do. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that adding, you know, getting those extra loose balls, those tip outs, all of that stuff, that's really going to contribute. And then, like you said, having Caruso back along with Javante, Lonzo, Io, you know, pressure, Derrick Jones, right? Like, I, it it gives our lineup versatility as well, right? Like because if you're switching out, you know, you play Tristan and Derek together. You could play Derek and Vooch again. You can play, you know. All these you can play around with the lineup now, mm-hmm. so it's, it's not so obvious, right? Like, and I think I think that versatility will especially help on the defensive end. All right, so now let's go into the Chicago Bulls schedule coming up. We know that they open up the second half of the season against the Atlanta Hawks, Greg. They also have Memphis and Miami in the Miami Heat, and their first three games coming back. But you have their whole 10-game uh, schedule mapped out in the next 10 games. So, so, like you said, we got Atlanta tomorrow night, Saturday at home against Memphis. Monday, we travel down to Miami. Third, that following Thursday, we travel to Atlanta. Friday, March 4th, we're home versus Milwaukee. Monday, March 7th, we head to Philly. Mm-hmm. A couple of revenge games, really. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's, other than Atlanta, these are all going to be revenge games. Then we got Detroit. We're at Detroit. Then we're playing Cleveland on March 12th. March 14th, we're at Sacramento. March 16th, we're Utah. March 18th, we are at Phoenix. Then Monday, March 24th, we are home versus Toronto. That's a tough schedule, man. The only easy game that you called out, Greg, was Detroit and the Kings. Like, my God. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to go through the ringer. Like, realistically, the rest of the season you have maybe three easy games. Mm-hmm. Maybe four. Like you said, Detroit, Sacramento, maybe that's easy. They got New Orleans. Mm-hmm. We'll see how you know, York, Washington, maybe, or kind of based on how they're planned, man. But that's really it. The rest, the rest, we're talking playoff teams are floating around in the hunt. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough going forward. We're gonna really see what these bulls are made of. I was gonna try to give a record, man, but I can't give a record on that type of schedule, man. Worst case scenario, we know the two games that they're gonna win. But better yet, man. I mean, I can't even say the Kings are gonna be easy because the Kings kind of battled us pretty tough at that game, at that that last game, then off the first half of the season, Greg. Yeah, that wasn't no gimme game. We really had to tussle with them until like about the last five minutes or so. Yeah. So you know, yeah. Well, that's that. You know, um, when we come back, we're gonna close out the show. We're gonna give our greetings and our good nights right after this. 
want the most uncensored and unbiased podcast? The Bulls Guys Podcast, as only Kenyatta Wright and Greg Love can bring it to you. Follow us on Anchor, YouTube, and all social media platforms. You can use your support. How do you feel about the Bulls? How would you like to be on our show, The Bulls Guys Podcast, and give your thoughts on the team? Send us your emails at talkingbulls82 at gmail.com, and we'll be glad to have you on. All right, Greg, end of the show. Another one in the books for our Chicago Bulls fans. Also, Bulls fans, if you haven't done so already, please like and subscribe down below. It will really help us to bring you great content in the future. Helps the podcast keep on running. And it supports us as, as podcasters. We really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for listening. Uh, Greg? Yeah, thank you for following us. Thank you for tuning in with us every week. Please share with anybody. Share with your fans, your friends, your grandmama, whoever. Please share. <laughs> <laughs> whoever you got, your co-workers. Please, you know, just get the word out because, you know, we're, we're trying to bring you great content and we're just trying to get, you know, get, get our podcast out there, get our voices heard. And, you know, thank you for sticking with us. And I know I kind of say this every time, but, you know, thanks for hanging in there with us. And thanks for, you know, continuing to roll with us. And we got great stuff coming in the future. Yep. Thank you. Thank you, Bulls fans. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow night. Uh, we're gonna do a podcast for that one, right, Greg? For the tomorrow's opener. Yep, and I'll, I'll say this: either you didn't, you didn't want to give a, uh, you didn't want to give a record. I'm gonna go the last 23 games. I think they get 15 to 16 wins. Mmm, that's a bold statement, Greg. Yeah, yeah, I, I got, I got faith, especially with uh, people coming back. I think, I think they can get about 15. Well, you might. You could be right, man, because defensively, I think we're going to be a different team, man. I think this Bulls team, when they show up, can beat anybody. You know, it's the games that they're not showing up and not playing like themselves that I think they, they're vulnerable against anyone. But good show. Um, thank you for joining us tonight. Also, like I said, like and subscribe, please. It helps us keep bringing great content. Thank you for joining us tonight, Chicago. Go Bulls.